Hi, everyone. You are listening to episode number 24 of the Elysium Project podcast, Cultivating Mindful Awareness with Warren Zinger. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is share our content on social media. It's free to do so. If you want to take it a step further, please consider supporting us on Patreon by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the big Patreon button at the bottom of the page. There you'll get access to our official Project Supporter Zone and we'll mail out a personalized gratitude package right to your doorstep. Today, Warren Zinger returns to the show to discuss the topic of staying on top of one's mindfulness practice. I wanted to have this discussion with Warren because, like many of us, I've experienced ups and downs in my life and times where I haven't been as on top of my mindfulness and meditation as others. It's a reminder to me that, like any skill, we need to use it or we lose it. So please enjoy episode 24 of the Elysium Project podcast, Cultivating Mindful Awareness with Warren Zinger. Warren Zinger, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. It's great to be back. Two years went by in a hurry. Two years did go by. We actually said at the end of the last one, we would check back in a year. That didn't happen. So here we are in 2021. It's nutty. Yeah, 2020 kind of went by uh really fast you know it's a blur it did and i'm sure most people say that maybe there were some really slow times in it but uh for me it it went by full speed yeah yeah i only released uh the one podcast in early january and then kind of pulled back um i think like we're gonna we're gonna touch on it a little bit today like i had my own sort of struggles as you know, we often do on this spiritual journey, it's not always a linear progression. There's, there's highs and there's lows. And uh, so that's what we're going to get into today, talking about that. On our first episode, we, we talked about those emotions and the energy coaching that you do and kind of present moment awareness. So let's get, let's get right into that, follow it up. How is, by the way, how is your 2020? 2020 for me actually was quite wonderful. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when I was on your show, I was talking about how in my progression through, say, anxiety and depression and then heartbreak and, you know, just hitting what I would have called rock bottom at the, you know, at the time. And I started meditating and I started really looking within it started to become really clear that there's really only two options in each, each situation in 2020 uh, kind of exacerbated that for just about everybody, which was either we're feeling lots of emotions, whether it's stress, fear, worry, whatever. Um, and in those moments that those feelings are there, we have the opportunity to heal that and grow or the other option is we're living in the moments of the free flowing kind of bliss, right? And we're either, you know, getting the reward of the work we've done, or we have the work here that helps us grow. And in, and in understanding that, 
uh, and in the pursuit of building the strength of my mind to getting to a place where I could experience that, uh, you know, suffering ended. There was no more suffering. I was either going like, oh, hey, look at this really annoying thing or this super frustrating thing or this, I can't believe the politicians are doing this. I can't mm. believe that whatever is doing this. What about this conspiracy theory that's filled with fear? What about this? In all of those moments, if a feeling arose, I'd be like, oh, hey, here's some more fear that's inside of me. Mm. Right? And only specific things have the ability to bring this up in me specific people, specific outcomes, uh, you know, like there's all sorts of terrible things, I'm making air quotes, terrible things going on all over the world that don't ruin my day every single day, every single minute, um, because I'm not aware of them and I don't have the energy and the attachments and the expectations to them. So 2020 just brought up all these feelings of this you know, it's frustrating to be in a house with kids who have too much energy and I'm trying to work and they're quarantined from home, from school, from gymnastics, from dance. Uh, and then I go, oh, there's frustration in me. I can feel it. It's here. This is an opportunity to heal that had we never been quarantined, had the kids never been shoved into this situation that we've never experienced before, it probably wouldn't have come up or it wouldn't have come up as often. It wouldn't have come up as readily in which case I started to develop a deeper sense of patience because as I'm letting out the frustration, as it surfaces, I go, oh, this thing that was dormant inside of me has now surfaced because of this external situation, but the frustration, the reaction happens within me. Mm -hmm. And then I go, oh, there it is. I can feel it. It's in my stomach or it's in my throat or it's, you know, it's tense in my shoulders or wherever it is. And as I start to let that out, everything just starts to naturally change. The universe irons out the rest of the world around you. So totally. I'm either living, you know, living in that moment where I was either getting an opportunity to grow due to circumstances that were, you know, very rare, or I was living in these moments of bliss from, you know, as a result of doing that work prior. In which case, either way, the suffering of my external situations stopped, you know, ceased there was this was a a year of growth and peace and bliss and loving uh kindness and calmness and that's how my 2020 went um, that that is a that is a great 2020 it sounds like and even during that time there was lots of opportunity for things like reduction in money um you know having increased expenses because we uh, decided that, okay, well, there's four of us and it's really hard for four of us to work in one condo that was too small. So we moved, we increased our expenses and then saw the opportunity for um, a reduction in pay because there's going to be some like time off and things of the sort. And as we, you know, brought up more feelings, this brought up more feelings, old, old, deep and old fear of, not having enough, not being enough, not uh, whatever. And Valerie and I started working significantly harder than we had before. Like 2020 forced us to go like, hey, you know what? We're starting to see the results of what we've been doing. Why are we still only doing this for 20, 30, 40 minutes a day? Why don't we do this for two or three hours a day? Mm -hmm. And then what we saw was, you know, 
increase in commissions, increase in job, increase in cash flow, uh, <laughs> like things just the the universe literally gave us the opportunity, the question, like we do, and like I said two years ago, the test. The universe will send you a test for every single grade, no different than school. Here's your test to pass grade one. The answers to every question on this test is love. So here's worry and stress, Brian, here it is. And then the answer was, okay, well, you reacted with anger, impatience, worry. Well, you, you failed the test because mm. the answer was love. In which case, mm -hmm. you know, what we started doing was we started passing those tests. We started applying love to every situation mm -hmm. just by you know, not by saying or repeating mantras or any of that stuff. We just became aware of mm -hmm. what does this actually feel like? What is the worry energy that I've been holding on to for who knows how long, 20, 30 years? What does that feel like? Because I have a very solid pattern in my life. And here it is another example. It's been, it's been healing and getting better over the last few years that I've known how to do this. And here's one more example. And as we're going through this, it's becoming easier and easier to start to love that energy, to start to just accept it as it is, knowing that what I resist persists. So what I accept will heal. And as I start to accept it, the answers that I'm really looking for, that peace and flow and love and ease of this universe just happens naturally. There's nothing I needed to do. The choices become clear. The people show up, the opportunities, the whatever. Grace is what grace. some people some people would call that grace yes sure just yeah. being in, in in the flow but going back to what you when we talked about how is your 2020 i love the way that you're looking at it because you're taking you're just taking life as it is 2020 happened maybe it wasn't ideal for a lot of us certainly wasn't for me but it happened the way it happened and it's about the ability of accepting that present that reality without without resisting as you, as you talked about which for some of us we're we have more skill at that than others and i think one of the things we talked about in the first episode also was like how that's that's kind of like similar to exercise it's just exercise for your for your mind for your your brain and, and mindfulness is practicing that and you talked about how the answer the answer is love and what you you're like devoting devoting more time to that what are some of the things this this year in this past year that have been part of your spiritual practice and and staying on top of that mindfulness because i think that's that that's the key is it's like an instrument or exercise or anything you need to keep doing it to stay on top of it otherwise it will you will lose some of that ability to stay in that that state of of grace sure um just to clarify for everyone listening my definition when i say the answer to every question is love love is the unconditional acceptance of what is it's not the feeling that we have that hollywood's conditioned us to have about <laughs> Uh, you know, what love looks like and what it should feel like. Because every time I've been quote unquote in love with somebody, that's just really a deep attachment to what they, you know, who they are to me and what they have to do and who they have to be and how they have to treat me. And none of it was actually loving. Right. Real love is just to accept that person, every person as right. unconditionally. 
So the way that I've been practicing is I really only do one thing. I only teach one thing. I only do one thing. It becomes a little more refined um, as you get really good at it. So I don't do it the way that I, I teach it. I teach it kind of like um, the way that I learned it. I just progressed into a, a more simpler state. But uh, what I do is a regular meditation, right? Every day you do a regular meditation here and there, whether it's in the mornings or the evenings. And whether that's five minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, doesn't really matter. But what I really like to do is make sure that throughout the day, like right now, I take a breath and I observe that sensation of breath going in and out of my nose. And the reason that is, is no different than say, grabbing a dumbbell and lifting it, you know, doing a rep or two. It's just flexing the mind to be present in this moment on something that I intentionally chose. So I flex that muscle. And I try to do that literally as often as possible, a couple hundred times a day. I'll just scan the body and just go like, what do I feel right now? Oh, toes are cold. Oh, what do I feel right now? Oh, the wind, you know, is, or my nose feels dry or mm -hmm. uh, there's, it, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you're feeling, you're just scanning the body to become present and aware of the body in this moment as just another way to flex that muscle. But to flex that muscle just constantly on a breath, for me, kind of got boring. You know, I got, it just became this tedious thing that, I wanted to continuously scan to see if there's any motions. So for instance, in that sentence, I didn't take a breath for a long time. I started to feel <laughs> like I was running out of air, but I could feel that in my stomach feeling like a vacuum, right? Like mm -hmm. my diaphragm. And to observe that is actually strengthening the mind. And then um, to make sure that when you touched on the last sentence was, uh, if you don't keep practicing, you lose it, right? but you can't actually lose anything True. unless the mind gets involved to say, Hey, Brian, or Hey, Warren, we're not <laughs> as good as we used to be. This is shitty, man. We got to be better than this. We haven't been doing this. We haven't been doing that. In which case, the only way that happens is as soon as we take the mind, you know, that egoic thinking mind, which is by design, the duality to our soul, our, you know, that's the duality. We have this, infinite being and then we have this limited being and they come together and they make the human experience mm -hmm. but that thinking mind is involved in all of the stories of the past and all of the predictions and the fear and the pain of the future um, and then the soul that infinitely wonderful thing that makes our bodies just miracles that we take for granted all the time that is only here in this moment right so if we want to suffer all we really have to do is allow our mind to tell us a story of the past or the future. And as soon as that happens, as soon as we get into the thinking mind, the suffering starts, even if it's the minor. monkey mind, as you call it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's where suffering starts. So in these last couple of years, I've become a little more like, I, I kind of always felt like every couple of years I was evolving spiritually. And it's not that I've not evolved these last two years, but I've really just, it hasn't changed nothing's changed. It's just, it's become more solid that this super simple task of just observing, what do I feel right now is so much like so powerful, so much. Uh, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but it is, it is the correct loving deepest, most 
spiritually aligned practice that I can do. Hmm. And it's so simple and it's universal and it gets everybody that I've taught it to that does it ends up with the same results. Um, We know that uh, every great spiritually enlightened person has gone through a process of, of a very similar path, getting very similar results along the way that we know that this, you know, this soul is the oneness that uh, Mm. we're just getting back to experiencing that oneness. So how could we experience something different if we're experiencing oneness? Um, But this one practice of just observing, what do I feel right now? Where do I feel it? And then I'm describing that. And that takes so much of your brain power, your conscious brain power that you can't run off and tell stories about who did what to you and how this hurt back in the day or how, I didn't meditate enough in 2020. So I've lost my power from 2019, my spiritual (laughs) momentum. I've lost that. You can't do that if the mind is not uh, involved because it's observing what's in this moment. Yeah. The the mind, you know, only has the ability to hold on to really one thought at a time. We can't think about eating dinner and what we're going to wear for the next day at the same time has to be separate, separate thoughts. So when you're saying that, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think what I was sort of, I guess, meaning when I said you lose it, I, I, I hear what you're saying that you don't lose it, but you, you do need to have that consistent practice. Otherwise it's like anything like an instrument. I mean, I play guitar. I'm never going to lose that ability to play guitar, but if I don't play for a while, I'm not as good as it. So um, with spirituality and mindfulness, very much the same thing and this is actually a conversation i i wanted to have with you a year ago and then i kind of let a year go by we had our 2020 mind went a little bit different than yours and uh yeah really realizing i as you as you probably know i think you know i was recently in the hospital quite a bit and those kind of experiences of where I had, I had actually, I was in the intensive care unit, so I had almost lost my life. It really, you pull back and reevaluate what's important and, and living in that, the past or the future, just how much you miss out on, on what, what's, what's right in front of you. What is the, the present? That's right, man. That's right. So I'm glad you're still here. Um, (laughs) thank you Um, i also for the first time in my entire life landed myself in uh, the emergency room last year and it was a very humbling experience growing up with everything natural never never using the hospital for anything other than casts and stitches from hockey and and, you know biking and whatnot uh, I landed myself in the hospital realizing there's so much like deep seated judgment in there, mm, like really deep, yeah. just the way I was raised to know that the innate immune system is a magic that, uh, you know, and then I get into the spiritual world and I, the spiritual world. And I start to see that the more we're trying to run away from disease, the more we have it, the more we're trying to run away from uh, everything, the more we have it because you can't fight against mm-hmm. something and not create it. That's Mm -hmm. just not how it works. You have to create, uh, you have to look at what you'd like to experience because that's what you're going to create, whatever you focus on. And I ended up in there and there's even, there was even like some PTSD 
when mm. I came out of there, uh, just due to some like some really significant pain, like some pain that put me into shock kind of pain. And when I left that place, like during the, the time that the pain was spiking, I was talking to Valerie about how I can see all this physical pain. I can see how attached my mind is to it. I can observe this because I wasn't stuck being the mind and I wasn't stuck being the body. I was able to just observe as this body's going through this crazy amounts of physical pain, more than I ever felt in my life. Mm. And I was in the middle of like, my voice was going up and down high pitched squeals, you know, like crazy amounts of pain. And I was saying to Valerie, like, I could, I, I feel like I'm going to have a totally new perspective on what other people go through clients of mine and whatnot. Um, as I was being able, you know, to experience some of the things that I've been fortunate enough to never experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then I came home and had to continuously go back and for about, I don't know, probably two or three times a week for about six or eight weeks, I had to keep going back to the hospital and have the nurses help me with uh, just keeping the wound clean. Right. And during that time, it was just yet another, another check of this, you know, check of the emotional system. What's what keeps arising, what emotions are arising, what judgments are here. Oh, there's more, you know, there's more energy in me. That's not loving. There it is again. And it got less and it got less and to the point where literally as I was healing my mind, my body was healing. As I was, when I was resisting it before, I, my entire life have always been a really slow healer for some reason. Um, bruises, cuts, things would take weeks and months to heal, right? And uh, here is, it was slow and slow and slow. And as I started to heal my mind, it was just like, oh, hey, you were just here three days ago. This looks so much better. Just, you know, the healing happened at the same, at the same speed of the mind. So uh, not to get into, you know, anything deeper than that, it was, it was a year for me too, that I came out of that really appreciating what I went through, knowing mm -hmm. that I got a chance to grow through something that what else was it going to bring up old deep seated pain and judgment towards, you know, Western medicine, when I was <laughs> raised on everything, natural, everything, holistic, everything, um, spiritual first. And it's not that uh, I even knew that I had half of these judgments. Like I knew the system with big pharma and whatnot. There's, there's the issues that you can logically discuss, but that doesn't mean that me holding on to my logical judgments is serving me loving mm -hmm. or serving anyone in this world or going to make any big, wonderful, loving change where the big loving change comes from is understanding that I accept all as it is mm. knowing that everything serves its purpose including me having to be rushed off to surgery served a purpose including my heartbreak five six years ago served a purpose including losing all of my money uh, in, a, in a business partner and the stories that go with that served its wonderful purposes mm -hmm. so where not a lot of lost? people are able to have that that perspective where you're you're looking at these situations and you're you're looking for the silver lining or reframing them into the positive and you just as you just touched on there you know you can hold on to it we can all hold on to these these resentments or 
feelings that we emotions we can carry for years, but what are they doing to service us to bring us into that that state of unconditional love, as you said. So that's you know, congrats to you. Um, I know that I struggled with that in 20, 2020 with some resentments and I went through some things. So uh yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. That's very inspiring for me. Great. That said, I haven't done anything that you can't accomplish, that anybody can accomplish. Because the only thing that I did, I just a few years ago, before I started meditating, I was very egotistical. I was pursuing money. If I had money, then people would like me. The girlfriends would stop leaving, <laughs> but this would happen. I would be able to prove to my whoever that I'm good enough, that I'm worthy. It was very egotistical, right? Mm -hmm. In every way. It was the, you know, getting knocked down to the quote unquote rock bottom that made me start seeking within myself, even though I was quote unquote spiritual back then, very spiritual in all of in dabbling in all the things I wasn't able to accomplish anything in that world because it's like building a foundation. Or it's like building a house on top of dirt without a foundation underneath it. I had no foundation of self. So I started developing, you know, looking inside myself, developing this foundation and making sure that it's so rock solid that if I want to add anything spiritual up, above and beyond that, I could do so. And my foundation would be able to hold that up, knowing that, you know, for example, every time I ever pull a tarot card in the 15 years that that's been going on in my life randomly, it would always come up with abundance, some sort of wealth, right? king of cups or whatever. And I remember for the first 12 years or 10 years or whatever, that up would come this emotion of like, yeah, greed. Yeah. You know, this, this emotion of greed, this reaction of greed. And I was unable to handle it because now I'm just sending out this, this uh, energetic communication to the universe. I will be happy when I am mm. not happy now, when this happens, then I'll be happy. That's just another small emotional storm on a how or to a house that has no foundation everything starts rocking i'm still manifesting the same old reacting the same old but as i started to observe myself and just continuously developed that one mind muscle that one muscle can i just observe what do i feel right now that's the one and only thing that as soon as i got in a car accident a fender bender and i have a you know I, I had to stop after having this fender bender, I stopped and I made a video of me just so I could record my reactions. Like, Oh, I have a feeling it's right here. And it's, you know, it feels like this. And this is what I actually feel right now, rather than the story of, Oh no, poor me, you know, mm -hmm. insurance, what's this going to cost me worried about the future money, worried about the past stories, whatever. It was just, what do I feel right now? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I feel? And then all of a sudden, after I got through say the emotional reaction that came up that would be called worry and stress and these old emotions up came gratitude. You know, everybody's alive. Great. It's just money. Great. I'm growing stronger emotionally and spiritually because of this. Great. And I didn't have to ever tell the mind to frame it. The mind just becomes this way. It's only when I get to telling somebody about it, that it starts to seem like, uh, I'm somehow in the middle of emotional reactions, framing my mind to look at the silver lining never happens. 
-hmm. If I continuously observe and I continuously observe the self in this moment during emotional reactions and the mind gets strong, then no different than how we continuously train our mind to run all over the place and be crazy. We train our mind to just observe self. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So the muscle that you're no longer using of just running all over the place with worry and stress starts to get weaker, in which case the natural reaction that happens when <clears throat> somebody does something that normally is a hot button to you or some, you know, a car accident or a fender bender or a loss of a job or income or anything that normally brings up stress, it stops bringing up stress because that fuel, that old energetic fuel is no longer there because we've gone through it, we've dealt with it. So, you know, I like to just think about it in this, in this simple, uh, I don't know, metaphor where it's like um, each one of our emotional reactions is like a bucket, right? And if we just think about like a storage room in your house and in there you have a bucket of worry, you have a bucket of, you know, your daughter, you have a bucket of your ex-girlfriends or you have a bucket of your parents, you have a bucket of your childhood, you have all these buckets. And every time you're spending, you know, a second or a thought with an emotional reaction, you're putting time and energy into that. Energy is no different than say fuel, right? Fuel is mm -hmm. a type of, oil is a type of energy. So you're, you know, taking a little eyedropper and every thought you put one little drop in that bucket. Well, 20 years later, that bucket's full, right? So somebody comes along, does something, that's a spark. That spark lands on top of your bucket of fuel and that fire starts. This is why every time you have an argument with somebody, sooner or later, that argument doesn't even make any sense. It's not about what you thought it was about because that one little spark landed in a bucket. It takes one spark to burn down a whole forest. This mm -hmm. big fire lights up because it has a bunch of fuel. It kicks a bunch of sparks all over your fear, all over your insecurity bucket, all over your childhood bucket. And now everything's burning. This is why it's really difficult to even say coherent, logical sentences when you're angry, why <laughs> things don't even come out normal, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so the you know typical therapy likes to likes to help you talk about these buckets when they're not burning and teach you how to put the fire out when they are burning right mm -hmm. here's here's your strategy next time you feel this this is what you want to do about your anxiety you want to splash cold water in your face count to 10 go for a walk whatever anything to not feel this right now if you take a gas fire and you put a lid on it obviously that's how you put out gas fires right put a lid on it and that fire goes out but the fuel remains right mm -hmm. so the next time a spark lands in it up comes a fire mm -hmm. well after learning how to deal with this knowing that the anxiety machine that was running inside of me really only runs based on the fact that i have fuel in that machine and it can only run that engine can only run as long as it's being powered by fuel so a spark lands in my anxiety bucket, say three or four years ago, but yeah, three and a half years ago. And I was hit with the biggest and my last panic attack. Mm. And it was crushing. It was, I talked about this two years ago. It was crushing. Yeah. I was parked on the couch, felt like somebody was sitting on my chest, struggling to breathe. I was all alone. And it was 
it crushed me for 11 straight hours. But inside my mind, I knew that putting it out leaves it there. That's what I've been doing my whole life. Hating it adds more to it. Resisting it is just more thoughts of adding more fuel to that bucket. That the only way out was through, right? And I just let it burn. And inside my mind, I was literally so excited. Having a having anxiety panic attack, which I've been having on and off for my as long as I can remember. It was 30 years of having anxiety. That as soon as it started burning and I finally had strength in my mind to be able to just say, what does this feel like right now? Mm -hmm. What does anxiety feel like? And this was the first panic attack after learning this. So I knew that whenever it comes up, there's a bunch of old fuel in my old bucket, my old storage room of anxiety that I've never dealt with since learning how, knowing that at some day, a spark's going to land in there and I'm going to have to deal with it. So I believe it was November ish of 2017 2016 that i woke up before in the morning something a thought i don't know what it was started this fire and this bucket was burning and i was just sitting there so excited and it burned and burned and burned and burned and burned for hours and then it dissolved like the fire went out the next morning four in the morning again it burned, it, it started up and it burned for eight more hours. And I've never felt anxiety since we went 30 years of anxiety <laughs> and it was 19 hours of just being present and aware of anxiety to mm. heal it all naturally forever. Wow. And this is something that anybody can achieve. You flex that mind muscle until it's mm. strong enough mm-hmm. to be able to say, what do I feel? What is, what does anger feel like? Mm-hmm. Not who made me angry and angry and why, but what do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. You know, the story is the ego's way of perpetuating the pain and keeping, you know, it is winning the little chess match over us. It's in control. And to, uh, to use the story to heal is great, which would be, you know, have an argument in your head with that person that hurt you last year, have a deep, heated argument what you'd say to them and just like let them have it until the emotion arises you know once that emotion arises just abandon that story and go where is this energy here's the fuel you know just use the story as the spark to throw it onto your fuel and then just let it burn wherever it is just be like yes oh my god it's moving to my throat like i remember laying on the couch and feeling like somebody was pressing down on my throat like crushing my throat and i was struggling to talk and breathe and cough and Mm -hmm swallow water and i was just watching this energy move up and down from my stomach to my throat you know into my head i had a migraine for part of it back down to you know my stomach and i just felt this knot and this twist and i was just observing what does this feel like and in not resisting it and totally accepting it and even excited that i know that warren zinger gets to become a better version of himself just by sitting here with this feeling that's you know been part of his baggage that he's been carrying into relationships, businesses, uh, exercise, diet, all of his choices that he's been making, they're being made from these same, you know, the same low trapped suppressed energy. And I get to be a better version if I just sit here and love it. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a great way of um, being able to, to look at things. I often think of the quote from one of my mentors that I, read and follow he says the body is the mind's experience of itself so i think 
that's kind of the essence of what you're touching on here. We have, we have a couple minutes here and we need to, uh, tie this up to keep within our time frame. Um, Warren, can you, can you give the listeners any information on where to find you and kind of what you're, you're working on these days? I know you have, I think you mentioned it at the beginning. You have altruist X now. Yeah. How many, how many minutes do I have? Uh, we we got about a minute minute here <laughs> okay. to wrap things up. So, so on Instagram, it's uh, the balanced underscore masculine, and Ultrasex is our company. It's a startup. Um, it's a whole new way to perceive and operate inside of the system of capitalism. It's, in my opinion, it came from an ayahuasca ceremony. After many many thousands of hours of meditating, my mind got very still. I saw this whole thing roll out. The next step for capitalism is not just conscious capitalism, which is expanding, impact investing is expanding, but it's the collective. It's to take the energy of everything I've just talked about, we've just talked about, and adding that to the systems that we've been using. Right now, uh, it's very out of balance. So mm. what Altruist X does is it is a private equity fund. That's how we're getting it structured. Uh, and we're going to acquire well-managed, long-standing, profitable companies, just cash flow machines, right? Warren Buffett School of Business, buy these businesses, cash flow them forever. But instead of asking five investors for a million dollars each, we ask a million people for $5 each. Hmm. And instead of having to pay those five investors back tens or $15 million over the next 10 or 15 years, we put that money to charitable works, humanitarian causes, and continuously changing the way that we perceive and act inside of the system of capitalism. That's... And it's not just $5, it's $5 a month. So imagine the multiplication mm. of doing, you know, a million people giving $5 a month, month after month after month for 20 years. We're talking tens of billions or, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in impactful good, which on Wall Street is a normal size of a fund. And we can build that fund in the spiritual world, the spiritual leaders of this world can take over those positions of wealth and power and start to do with that wealth and power what has always should have been done um, without that's, saying that anything that's come is wrong, but what we could, what we can do for this world. Awesome. That is, that's really cool. We can maybe follow that up on a future podcast. Again, unfortunately we're out of time here for today. Thank you sure. so much for coming back to the show. We, we were, we were a year behind schedule, but here we are. Thanks again, Warren. You're very welcome, Brian. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you like what you just heard, the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode on social media with your friends. And as always, if you want to take it a step further, we really appreciate any and all of you who support us on Patreon at www.elysiumproject.tv and following the Patreon link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.